Hi guys, and welcome to Oh Crumbs, the gluten-free podcast. With me, Sarah Howells, the gluten-free blogger. And me, Laura Strange, my gluten-free guide. Yes, that we have. A sentence doing all things bake off. I don't think so. <laughs> We've got a bake off themed guest coming up, so we'll get to that shortly. But yeah. firstly, let's have what, what we've been up to this week. I'm yeah, I don't know, Laura. You're in a very dancey <laughs> mood today. <laughs> I've eaten a sweet treat, so I think the sugar is coursing through my veins. Love it. So, what have you been up to? I was back in Somerset. Um, last week which is where I'm from originally and where my parents still live in Bath um while I was down there I decided to actually look at some of the gluten-free options around nice. Somerset so um my mum and Alba and I went down to Froome which is a really nice little I guess it's a town it's so cute it's um in Somerset uh, loads of like lovely like cobbled streets and boutique Aww. shops and it's really interesting. I hadn't been there for years, and the gluten-free scene has really like burgeoned. Really? Uh, yeah, I found loads of places to eat, which would be nice. Um, I'm working on doing a Somerset guide because lots of people asked me for tips. So hopefully that will be finished by the time. Yeah, we you've committed now. You're going to have to get it done. Link the show notes if you want the link for that. Um, I just love it sometimes, like exploring different parts of the country, and I find that Somerset's actually got really celiac friendly yeah I think the southwest as a whole like obviously that's my stomping ground so I'm like love it but yeah I think places like that are like really starting to get a lot more aware yeah and uh, like absolutely every restaurant isn't going to be able to cater for us you're going to get country pubs that like turn you away always the pubs yeah (laughs) on the flip side especially around Bath like the countryside around Bath is so nice oh. and there are some really lovely like walks and country pub combos you can do. Nice. Um, and my mum is always like sending me news about new, because she's celiac as well, um, new pubs that she's been to that are like, great for gluten-free. So, oh, that's so um, good. Yeah, it's cool. So go on, guys. Go to Somerset. It's and if, cute. Yeah, if you're and going to Somerset. There, Sarah. Yeah. That's your Devon, right? It's next to Devon. <laughs> well done on your geography. <laughs> grew up there so I mean saying that though my geography is poor oh mine too <laughs> anything above Bristol is like the north for me <laughs> <laughs> but you went across to Ilfracombe this week didn't you yeah so that's like a little seaside town it's really popular with tourists and last time I was there a few weeks ago for a street food festival I saw a sign crop up in a new fish and chip well it's a very old fish and chip shop but a new sign saying gluten free uh like a moth to a flame yeah so yeah I went to have a look I actually well I went didn't go to that one because um uh, I don't know if you've heard of my gluten-free guide she's written like a gluten-free fish and chip guide oh really yeah so I have actually had loads of people talking about a place called Lin Bay fish and chips which you put in your guide I finally went and tried them it was absolutely pouring it down with rain yeah so like the least seasidey fish and chip day i had to sit in like a bandstand no your commitment i was like you know when the chip paper is so soggy that it like fell off the chips it was just a nightmare day but the fish and chips were amazing okay good i'm glad the recommendation was well i think uh, yeah. someone local sent me that's it well that's good another fellow devon celiac (laughs) but yeah so i am also going to commit and say that my gluten-free ilfacoom roundup will be on my blog by the time this episode comes out and if it's not shout at me yeah yeah i know it's kind of good first 
actually writing things up yeah such a backlog um but no i love local tips i think it's so interesting to read about different gluten-free offerings around the country and to realize it's not just the big cities the way you definitely we had a really cool question this week did we um well another one the very essence Oh crumbs was questioned oh my goodness i'm scared we're, <laughs> uh, we're all about positivity and try to keep things up yeah oh. someone message saying like i've been recently diagnosed with celiac disease and i'm struggling to get my head around it um you two are always so positive about gluten-free life do you have any tips to help me see the bright side of it oh my gosh that makes oh. me feel so sad that someone's feeling so negative about it but um, it's like reaching out to other people which is great best thing to do i'm yeah. not trying to like raise the happiness levels and um to help people to look on the bright side of things so. yeah because i feel like we're so positive about it but we're very used to it like yeah. i can imagine now if someone told me that i couldn't eat something i would be devastated especially if i was eating it every day and it can just feel like someone's kind of pulled the rug a bit mm-hmm. so totally. but i think there's loads of ways to look on the positive side oh, sarah do you want to share some examples with me? Oh, well, yes, Laura, <laughs> I would like to. Um, so, like, I mean, it's firstly really important to not keep dwelling on the negatives of it. So you need to try and look on the bright side. And I think accepting that you're in that situation and you need to go up gluten for your health. Um, and it's actually going to make you feel a lot better. Yeah. So there's no point looking at it like, oh, I can't eat this stuff. Like you're thinking, I'm doing something really positive to make yeah. myself better. And you're going to feel better as well. Totally agree. Because like, being diagnosed is hard. And it is totally okay yeah. to feel a bit down about it. Um, but the problem is, like Sarah said, sometimes looking on the negative side can be a bit of a vicious circle. can make you feel a bit depressed about your dietary requirements. Um, and that's why like, you've just got to force yourself to focus on the positives instead. You'll make yourself, you know, try and think positive and you'll hopefully start to feel more positive. We had some really great tips from guests so far as well, yeah. actually. Um, one that I really enjoyed that came up from a couple of people was take on the challenge. Like, teach yourself to bake gluten-free treats, for example. Oh, definitely. And like, yeah, you're totally going to have some baking fails along the way but that's the fun of it yeah and like we've interviewed some like professional chefs and really experienced gluten-free bakers and you like you hear that even they have their disaster bakes so don't give up on the first try if you try and make something and it goes horribly wrong keep on trying eventually you'll perfect those gluten-free cupcakes and you feel so proud of yourself definitely and i think like just turning to the gluten-free community for support online is another really good tip we've had from some of our guests there's a lot of like negativity out there so i think it's really important to find the people who make you feel positive about food Follow the people that are there to help you, uh, <clears throat> oh crumbs, and um, <laughs> create your own positive online space. Make sure it's a place that when you go on something like Instagram, you're like inspired by all the things you can make and eat yeah. and all the like top tips rather than just feeling like it's really negative. I think that's a great tip. And then I saw something on your Instagram, Sarah, recently, which I really liked, which was um, see gluten-free as an adventure. Yeah, I love it. all easy. And there can definitely be challenges that you have to overcome. But unless you try and like take on those challenges, you're never going to know. Yeah. So rather than just sticking to what's safe, like try and push yourself a little bit as you get to grips with gluten-free. And then you might discover some like brilliant new things. Definitely. As a final note, I would definitely say that if you're really, really struggling with it mentally and you've tried all these things and you really like just can't get your head around it, 
there's nothing wrong with asking for help. There's nothing wrong with like, go speak to your doctor. Like, cause some people do get really down about it or like you can get like food anxiety and that's stuff that we'd like to cover later on. But it's okay to ask for help. Like there is nothing wrong with that. I wanna have a chat with an expert about anxiety because I think lots of people um, do suffer from that. Definitely. But yeah, I think we need it expert opinion to share some really good tips on yeah that. and i mean we've linked to some of our favorite blog pieces about positivity because that's kind of like what we try and write about all the time so if you want to read some tips on being positive or some posts that might make you laugh as well and feel like you're not the only one then head to the show notes for some extra reading and don't forget to fire away with any questions you might have for us yes. um, if you want any tips direct from sarah and i just Right on into crumbs um, you can DM us or email us, whatever's easiest for you. Speaking of positive things, mm. Laura, have you been watching Bake Off this week? Well, or Sarah, last week? Yes, I have. Yeah. You have really got me into it. I swear, <laughs> like the last couple of seasons, I'm now like, I quite like a bit of Bake Off. It's such easy watching, but I do have to be prepared with snacks beforehand. Oh, God, yeah, because but it makes me so hungry. Food. Oh, no, of course not. Yeah, like chewing the TV well. <laughs> I've got good news for you, Laura, because this week's guest is a former Bake Off contestant, and I think he is a little bit legendary. Oh, he totally is, and it was such an honour to meet him. So we have spoken to Howard Middleton. Um, He appeared on the show in 2013, and he made waves in the free-from world by making his first ever bake a gluten-free one, which is a daring decision in front of Paul Hollywood, the king of gluten. Yeah, and they loved his cake, they? did. I think Mary Berry quote said it was perfect yeah so gluten-free perfect cake versus inferior gluten exactly (laughs) (laughs) so we actually caught up with howard when he was holding one of his regular gluten-free baking master classes we went to visit him at morangos didn't we yeah and we had a really good chat with him as we hear from the interview um, about what it's like to be in the bake-off tent just how mean Paul Hollywood really is in real life. We've got a cool giveaway this week as well, so don't forget to listen until the end of the interview for an awesome competition. So today we're interviewing Howard Middleton, uh, former Bake Off contestant and gluten-free baking guru. I'm going to introduce you like that. Guru. Yeah. Guru. I don't know why that being called a guru before. Well, you have now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're currently sat in Morangirls um, in London, which smells amazing because you've been running a baking masterclass. Well, we've been, uh, yeah. It's, it's, I work for a company called Bake with a Legend, and this morning we've done uh, a hen party class which is always interesting <laughs> uh, this afternoon we've got a, a, a proper what you might call master class this afternoon yeah. that smells great really yeah. say. well thank you <laughs> um, so howard you appeared in season four of the great british bake-off which was in 2013 that's right isn't it it is yeah, yeah. done my yeah. research uh, <laughs> um, and you've also released a cookbook called delicious gluten-free baking yeah um, but we wanted to start off by talking to you about bake-off if that's okay so we thought we'd rewind right back to the beginning. Like, what made you apply for the show? It was interesting, actually. I, I've got some work colleagues who, if you take cakes into work, people say, oh, you know, you ought to go on Bake Off. Uh, and I remember the Christmas before I actually put the application in, we were all kind of making New Year's resolutions about what we were going to do uh, in the New Year. 
Uh, well, that's what I knew we had struggled with. She knows this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> we went out for some drinks, and somebody said that they were going to go uh, to China, and somebody was going to learn how to tap dance. And nice. I said, you know, I'm going to definitely put in an application for Bake Off. Yes. So nice. that's what I did. That's brilliant. I, I mean, I really I feel like I need to up my New Year's resolution game. Yeah. China, <laughs> tap dancing, Bake Off. Um, a lot of people must apply for Bake Off. Was it a really competitive process getting on the show? It, it was. And I remember one um, one particular occasion where, where Mary Berry pointed out when I'd actually got on the show. Uh, you know, she said, are you enjoying this? And I said, oh, yeah. And she said, I should hope so, because 17,000 people would like to be wow. in your shoes. Wow. So, yeah, it was uh, it was competitive. And that's, that was back, was it, 2013? 17,000 yeah. people applied yeah. now. That's crazy. Yeah. And the show is obviously burgeoned. It was so popular then as well. It's just growing. Absolutely. Growing. And I think it's interesting that as you go through that audition process, each step you sort of think, Oh, do you know, I really would like to get onto the next stage. Oh, yeah. I would like to get Especially the when you enjoy it so much. So yeah. is the process itself quite long before you actually get to the final few? It is. So you not only is, is there the application form, but you also get interviews over the phone and then uh, face-to-face interviews and screen tests. And wow. then, you know, but we, we mentioned that we're in Morangles, but in a, a cookery school, you actually put, put the kind of technical challenge where you have okay. to against the clock and oh, wow. uh, with cameras on you oh. and to see how you how you perform well you obviously did well because you got onto the show <laughs> I don't know do you know I often wonder whether I was just totally so inept at, oh, at, at that stage that they, they just thought this man's going to make great TV really. <laughs> Well, it did make great TV and you made great cakes because I actually re-watched your episodes before we came to interview you and, like, you got a lot of praise from Paul and Mary. I did, particularly in, in the, that first week, you know, because it's, it's quite interesting that you don't really realise how close you are to being Star Baker until you watch it back yourself. Oh, nice. They never tell you. Who's yeah, because they the always have the like kind of who's the like final two, yeah. and, and who's probably going to go home that week. And... But that, but that's you know behind the scenes, isn't it? So yeah. it's interesting to find out like, that you did. Are that. we writing that you made a gluten free cake in that first week? I did. It was oh, the very, it was the and it was so surprising because it was a cake that I'd done for colleagues at work, and people had said, "Oh, do you know this is a delicious cake?" Yeah. And so when I got the opportunity to to go on with it. I'll do a variation of that as my first signature base. Yeah. Um, so I I'd done a lime and coconut cake at work and I, I transformed it into a, a passion fruit and coconut cake. Ooh, so I layered it up. And um, it was quite normal for me to just do a gluten-free yeah. cake. But the response when that programme was broadcast was just amazing. You know, people yeah. started asking for more and more wow. gluten-free recipes. Especially seeing a gluten-free cake outperforming like regular cakes yeah. so well, yeah. I remember at the time Paul and Mary saying uh, you know that they expected it to be dry and, mm. and, yeah. not, and dense and so on and it, it wasn't so I think it was a bit of a revelation yeah, I think gluten free gets lots of kind of negative uh, like preconceptions about what yes. gluten free bake is going to be yeah. but it can be so brilliant as you showed yeah no, absolutely I mean, what were Paul and Mary like? Were they quite scary? Because obviously making a gluten-free cake for, like, well, we call them the king of gluten, like... I mean, Paul <laughs> the number of times that he mentions gluten every episode, yeah. or bread week, need yeah. the gluten, develop the gluten, I'm... Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, were they, were they as, like, scary in the tent, or was I th- it... I think they were. I think 
Although I'm, I must admit, I'd had a, a bit of a bad week. I got off to a bad start by managing to. Well, I mentioned it was passion fruit. Yeah. And I managed to cut the end of my thumb off. Oh no. Uh, after only about 15 minutes oh, in the no. tent. So just slicing into a oh. passion fruit. So I, thought, I suppose I was a bit distracted by that. I mm. ended up having to, off camera, go to A&E. Oh, no. So, yeah. No. So I just got back in time for the judging. Oh, and at that point, you're thinking, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, I've, yeah. I've probably uh, ruined it. Mm. Right? And so it was just a relief, really, for them to actually yeah. like the case. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, what not when you, yeah, you're starting Baker half full of hope yeah. and then you're in hospital <laughs> with part of your thumb missing. Yeah. I mean, what were some of your favourite moments on the show? Were there any kind of moments that really stood out as like a kind of like really exciting thing that happened? I think, do you know what I, I think is lovely? Because it is about the experience. Uh, I think um, particularly when, when you're doing bread, and you've just got that bit of time while you're waiting for it to rise mm -hmm. to sort of sit on a stool yeah. and have a cup of tea and <laughs> just reflect on the fact that you're in the bake off yeah. Yeah. Because most of the time you are so busy, you know, so um, uh, absorbed in, in what you're doing um, that you don't have time to kind of reflect and relax on, uh, relax and mm. reflect on the fact that you are having this wonderful experience. Yeah, it must be hectic, especially mm. on some of those like, big signature challenges with all yeah. the ornate decorations and the rest. Um, do you have any bad experiences? I mean, maybe when Other Sue lent on muffins or? <laughs> there were lots, do you know, it was, uh, so literally in the first week I ended up uh, cutting the end of my thumb off. Oh, Se second week, technical challenges, as, you, as you've said, uh, Sue Perkins managed to lean on my muffins <laughs> while, whilst they were rising. And then third week, the infamous custard game, oh, uh, yes. where my custard went missing. You know. <laughs> I remember where did it go? It was, <laughs> it was stolen. It, what? It was, it, it was used in, in error, shall we say. <laughs> Very diplomatic. But you still got high praise for the custard in some Oh, I did, cake, yeah, didn't you? Yeah. Which was great. Yeah, so they put it in their trifle, oh. but it was, it was still classed as, um, you know, a, a good custard. <laughs> did, was that custard any good? Did you get to use theirs in place of yours? It was. I remember Paul describing it as slack, Ooh. which is not really what you want to say <laughs> now. Not, not for custard. <laughs> but then when I got the opportunity to go back for one of the Christmas specials, I was determined to do trifles <laughs> yeah. again, so I did miniature Sherry glass trifles. With your custard. With yeah, custard. did you label your custard like Howard's custard? <laughs> well, fortunately, there were, there were only four of us uh, doing it that oh, time. Oh, that's okay. So, yeah, yeah okay. so we all had our own fridge, which is uh, very real. Uh, easier. <laughs> and so, like, did you make some really good friends with other contestants? And what was it like kind of behind the scenes? You do. And and I'm still in contact with, with several of them, uh, Christine in particular, uh, Christine Wallace. But the other lovely thing about Bake Off is that you meet people when you're doing food festivals and things like mm. that, and, and with mm. Bake with a Legend, um, you meet people from other series. Yeah, and uh, you you share that experience of having been in the Bake Off tent. So you immediately have this rapport with people. It's, great. it's like a big food community. Yeah, yeah, it is. So we are we are you know Bake Off alumni who yeah. who 
it sort of just happened. As I say, this, so nice. this shared experience and. We interviewed Jane Devonshire from MasterChef a few weeks ago and she said something similar in a way that you just end up with this lovely community of people who have come to the food world really and now it becomes your career and it's like a bit of a lifestyle change which is amazing. It is, absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. And then so, I mean, you made this one gluten-free cake and you've since become like this gluten-free bacon expert, (laughs) which is impressive. (laughs) So when you left Bake Off, like how did this come about? Because you then brought out your cookbook, is that right? I think it was just on the basis of that, that, uh, and you're absolutely right, it was just that one cake yeah. that started it off. But people started asking me for more and more recipes, and I love a challenge. So if somebody says to me, can you do a gluten-free donut, yeah. uh, you know, have you got a recipe for a gluten-free tea cake or something yeah. like that? And I thought, well, no, I haven't, but I'll, I'll have a go at one. Yeah, yeah. the best you, attitude to yeah. have. Yeah. And I love, I love the fact that you learn so much mm-hmm. in in being set that challenge by people yeah no, that's great Amazing. and your life must have changed quite yeah. substantially since being on bake off like, loads of opportunities must have come your way can you tell us a bit about life before and life after <laughs> bake off yeah it was it was funny actually because i i used to work for the city council and then we had a management restructure and i got the opportunity to take voluntary redundancy okay. so i've now made this basically my career wow, so exciting. I do I do uh, as I say do classes do food festivals up and down the country do some writing I've recently started doing a bit of broadcasting as well nice so lots and you know lots of things you expect that people are going to ask you to make cakes mm. um, and I <laughs> do make cakes for, <laughs> for charity and and you know if, if somebody commissions a cake then that's that's lovely but you don't expect that it will lead to lots of other things mm. which it has to. That's brilliant. And with the gluten-free stuff, what's sort of the background behind why you make gluten-free? Because I know in your book club you mentioned something about your mum and dad's dietary requirements. Yeah, so my dad, uh, my dad uh, sadly died last year, but he we discovered that he uh, gotten better without gluten. Okay. So he, he tried a gluten-free diet for, yeah. for a while and um, you know, found that that beneficial. Um, my mum has high cholesterol, yeah. So it's just uh, taking those as a kind of starting point and thinking, how can I, d- I adapt my recipes? Yeah. How can how can I develop these to make them suitable for different dietary requirements? Mm. Really. Oh, brilliant! And you use quite a lot of like unusual ingredients. So when you were in Bake Off, you cooked with hemp flour, which I, did, yeah. I didn't even know was a thing. Um, <laughs> Well, I think because now those unusual ingredients, as they were turned back then, are becoming more mainstream. Yes. Yeah. And especially, like, yeah. people know how to use them a bit in English cooking because of books like yours, mm. like encouraging yeah. people to get no, started and try new things. There was a, a, a particular uh, Whole Foods store in uh, in Brighton where my sister lives, and that was a revelation. Just going around and seeing all the different flowers, and I thought, I don't know what to do with yeah. this, but I'm just going to get a bag and see what it does. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So I, I, I think, uh, as you say, part of the book is about a little bit of a trip through different types of flower as well. Mm, yeah. And some of them have got some great kind of um, historical uh, credentials. So they're used in other cuisines uh, in other countries yeah. and learning about that. Um, but others, it's just just seeing how it works. You know, what is best for a carrot cake? What is best for a biscuit? So, have you got any like tips about if you're making gluten free bread or cakes? Like any particularly 
like flowers that work well for different things? I think there are lots of, uh, yeah, so there are flowers that, that work particularly well for different uh, uses. So mm. for instance, potato, flower, potato, starch. Um, it's been used for years in Scandinavia in biscuits. Oh, wow. Now they've mixed it generally with wheat flour, mm. but I've found that, you know, you, you don't have to mix it with, with wheat flour. It gives a nice crispness no. to biscuits. Coconut flour is really good for tightening pastry. Uh, helps to helps to give that crispness in there. So I, I it, it sounds a little bit pretentious, I suppose. But I always think instead of thinking of it as kind of free from mm. cookery, it's actually about free to. So it's about yeah. understanding what the uh, ingredients, what the benefits of those ingredients are. A polenta cake, for instance is always going to be different to a Victoria sponge, mm. but actually celebrate the fact that it gives you a different type of cake. Yeah, that's great. I love that approach. Free too, rather than free <laughs> Yeah, we should start that. So, I mean, it sounds like you look to other kind of cuisines and cultures quite a lot for different recipes. How do you undertake that research? Mm. I, it, it's just literally uh, sort of researching on the internet and you might come across something for instance, um, if you think about something like gram flour, um, it's used in batters and things like mm, that. Yeah. And I just thought, I wonder what this would be like in a carrot cake. Mm -hmm. you know, and you suddenly realise that that earthiness uh, and the fact that it absorbs moisture really well. Mm, yeah. It works really well in a carrot cake. Yeah, going to try know. that. I'm now. being excited. Yeah. Like, to, I'm <laughs> run home, start work. My brother oven is still broken, so I can't make. No. But <laughs> if it wasn't, I would. <laughs> so, have you got any flowers that you tried before? Recipes that just were disaster that just didn't work. <laughs> I think it's about understanding the proportion. So, mm. I think I, I like I was saying about the carrot cake. I tried coconut flour in a carrot yeah. cake and it just tightens it too much end mm. up with a little rock cake okay. you know yeah. so it's it's about those proportions understanding uh what works best in those different situations mm. really and rather than having wheat flour that you apply mm. to like yeah. scones cakes pastry then as you're saying you yeah. then absolutely and we've, we've been doing the, the class that we've done this morning we've done a, a gluten-free swiss roll and I do it with a, a mixture of rice flour and corn flour. Corn flour used to be used an awful lot more in, in baking. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think when wheat flour came in, we got a bit kind of lazy and just ignored a lot of those traditional mm. flours. So corn flour makes a lovely light sponge. Ooh, have you got any particular recipes that you think work really well as gluten-free? Well, easy to do. I, I think that Swiss roll is, is really, really yeah. good. Mm. Uh, as I say, it's, it's just equal amounts of uh, 25 grams of rice flour, 25 grams of corn flour, um, about 85 grams of uh, castor sugar. And I, I separate the eggs, it's got three eggs in it, okay. but it has no butter or oil or anything oh, like that. It's just yeah. half teaspoon of baking powder so and a bit of vanilla essence. Gluten and dairy free? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can fill it with um, whipped cream, yeah. uh, but if you, if you want to keep it dairy free, you know, you could do something like coconut a compote or yeah. coconut cream. It's, I love recipes like that where you can yeah. adapt them to suit lots of different di yeah. dietary requirements. I mean, you could like, that be vegan as well if you yeah. have the right, yeah, yeah. without the eggs. You could, uh, <laughs> oh, the eggs. Or yeah. you could use that. Oh, sorry, go off the tangent. Egg now. The egg yeah. replacer. And, yeah. Mm. Brilliant. So when you were making the cookbook, like how did you come up with all the ideas? Because 
it must be hard to think of like that many different baking ideas. Yeah, it was it was probably kind of three things really. So I would say a third of it was just my passion for mm. learning about different flowers, and I wanted to show some of the things that you can do with different gluten-free flowers. Um, the other third was um, people requesting certain things. Yeah. So, you know, as I said before, dono, tea cake, things like that. Mm-hmm. Lovely uh, light sponge. Um, and then the other third, really, was me. I love a, li- a little bit of alliteration, so or li- things that sound poetic. Yeah. So lapsang meringue. Oh, that sounds good. It does just sound good. And then when they (laughs) gave me the go ahead to write the book, I thought, oh, poo, I've got to actually come up with a recipe that matches that. But but again, I suppose it's part of the challenge. So, yeah, so sometimes just the sound of of something together can inspire you to to come up with a recipe. Sometimes it's quite a fun way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. Start with something, you're like, right, okay, it's a challenge, and then I now have to be like, yeah. So what's next? Have you got anything kind of in the pipeline or in plan? We're doing, uh, um, with Boat the Legend, I've got uh, some more classes coming up. Uh, so I'm doing a, a gluten-free desserts this afternoon. We've got wow. some biscuits, uh, a biscuit class coming up later on um, next month. And uh, what else am I doing? Oh, we've got a podcast as well. I know, we were listening yeah, to this this yeah. morning. It's a bake-off one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is called The Bake Down. So, uh, uh, so Josh, who's the founder of Bake With A Legend, and Jane Beadle, who was in Series yes. 7, uh, and I are just basically chatting about uh, what's happened in, in the... Uh, in Bake Off each week. Oh, cool. So, so you have expert commentary. Yeah. I don't know whether it's expert, but... With... <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes? A little yeah. bit behind the scenes, yeah. So who's your money on to win Bake Off this year? Oh, it's early. It is early, isn't it? Yeah, but imagine if they win, then you'll be like a time. I know, <laughs> I know. Well, I, I think I'd said um, in the first podcast, actually, because there, there were 13 bakers this year, yes. and we had 13 in yeah. our yeah. year. And part of the reason that we heard, and I don't know how true this is, was that they couldn't choose, they couldn't narrow down the seven women who, who mm, were in right. the uh, who were the be- in our year, and that was because it was a really strong female year. Okay. Uh, so the fact that they've done it again, seven women, six men, Ooh. sort of makes me think. I wonder if it it's. Uh, you know, the, strong female bakers again. Some Maybe. of the guys did really well last week, especially on those like signature cakes. Yeah, at the or it'd be a few weeks. I like that snake one. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but um, no, Alice and Helena, I think, mm. are looking pretty strong. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm going to take your word for it as you're the expert. I'm like, right, how is it they're going to win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sarah's. You've kind of got me into Bake Off as well, haven't yeah. you? At first, I was like, oh, okay, but. Now you start watching it and realise how good yeah. it is and how, like... Yeah, I mean, do people still recognise you? Do they still come up to you and they're like, are you Howard from Bankoff? They do, and, oh. and it's lovely. Um, they, it was funny, actually, a few weeks ago, uh, I was in M&S and a, a lady came up to me and she said, oh, uh, Howard, aren't you from Bankoff? And then I said, yeah, and she said, oh, what are you doing now? Uh, so I said, uh, oh, I'm really, really busy. I said, I've got a hen party uh, on uh, Saturday and I'm doing a class on Sunday. And she said, oh, and are you still baking? 
And it's like, not entirely sure what you thought I was doing in both the classes. <laughs> yeah, yes, Just telling her uh, your social plans for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, I mean, well, I think we've probably got to the end of the interview. Unless yeah. there's anything else you want to ask Sarah. I've got one last question, which is the question we ask all of our lovely guests. Um, so what one pearl of wisdom would you share um, for someone on a gluten-free diet? I think it is that. Think about what, what I was saying earlier about that you are free to do mm, certain things. Yeah. And it is worth just getting a packet of chestnut flour or whatever and experimenting with it. So mm. something that you perhaps haven't used before, just see how it works in, in certain ways. Mm. That is great Brilliant. advice. Yeah. I love it. I feel like I'm going to go experiment and bake lots of things now. It's fun. Laura has no oven, so I have to wait till I get back to Devon. <laughs> but then, Sarah, embrace the challenge of get I creative. Will, yeah. <laughs> microwave. You do those microwave mud cakes. True. Yeah. Sort, True. So. Oh, Howard, thank you so yeah, much. Pleasure. It was really interesting to speak to you, hear about Bake Off, it's amazing gluten free baking information. I love it. We'll leave you to get on with your next class. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I think I actually love Howard. He's such a legend. Yeah, absolutely a legend. He's just so much good fun and he had some really great tips. So really hope that you guys are going to find that helpful. Now, we have a very special competition for you guys this week. Drum roll, please, Sarah. The chance to win a spot upon Howard's gluten-free baking masterclasses in London. Ooh. Mm, that's a good one. I have done one of those courses before and they are awesome. Yeah. So definitely you, It looked so good when he did it. You made yeah. like Fattenberg or something. And... It was brilliant. I, can, I can't recommend it enough. So yeah, definitely. Plenty of gluten-free baking. So yeah. loads of options there. Definitely head over to our Instagram to see how you can enter that competition. Now next week we'll be delving into the world of food manufacturing and finding out exactly what it takes to make a gluten-free product. Ooh, it's like behind the factory or inside the factory, but We're like gluten-free. <laughs> can I be Greg? You can be Greg. I can't, what, does he have a London accent? You have to say, wow. <laughs> Buttery biscuit base. Did you see that video on YouTube when they remix it? Oh, it's so good. Guys, Google Greg Wallace and Buttery Biscuit Base if you haven't seen it. But yeah, we didn't quite, you know, do that, but <laughs> we wanted to know everything from what it takes to label a product as gluten-free, how you even develop a free-from product to start with, which tastes amazing, and why gluten-free products are more expensive than normal products. It's a really interesting episode and a great insight into the world of free-from food, so Mm -hmm. make sure you tune in next Monday to have a listen. Yeah, it's a really great one. Lots of interesting insights once again, and uh, we can't wait to share it with you guys. So we'll be back again next week. Bye! Chance to win a spot at one of Howard's. I can't say this now. Oh, Laura. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. Um, found lots of. I can't speak. I just ruin it all the time. You can cut me out. Laura. Cut me out, Sarah. This is my podcast. <laughs> Sarah Show. Shall we re- rename it? Sarah Show. Oh, Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Podcast. <laughs>